Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon by Pastor Dana O'Brien from November 6th, 2022, titled, Living Our Christian Faith in the Midst of an Election. We hope you enjoy this message and that it has some meaning for your life. Please be seated. I think this is the only place where we sit down for the readings. And the wonderful thing about not telling you what the readings are ahead of time is that I can change them at the last minute, which is, which is what I've done today. Our first reading is from Micah 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or ten thousand rivers of olive oil? No. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. If we could just learn to do that, hey? Our second reading is from Galatians 3.28, and I hope this sounds familiar to every single one of you. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all in one in Jesus Christ. We use that as part of our welcome statement. And so to me, the first thing that it means is that we are all, all welcome. But I can't tell you, as I was researching this week, how many people use this same, same uh, verse for our common understanding as Christians, particularly in the midst of political differences. So this verse is, is so much broader than, we, than, than I think of it here. And finally, from Mark 12. One of the teachers of the law came and asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answer, Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So, that's not a whole lot of stuff to do. Okay, so... Given the political messages that we've been seeing lately, and I'm guessing you're all as excited to have them gone as I am, all the ads on the radio and TV and social media signs on pretty much every corner and a good chunk of yards, leaflets on our doors and stuffed in our mailboxes, I'm guessing that we all know midterm elections are right around the corner. Indeed, Tuesday is election day. And Okay, and for a minute, okay, notwithstanding the nastiness that we're increasingly seeing all around our elections and our politics in general, um, for a minute, just for a minute, take a step back, okay, and recognize how fortunate that we all are to live in a place where we do, where we do have a say in who who governs us and how our government works, right? Because we know that that's not the case everywhere. And it's hard, it's hard to take that step back and think of that with all the mess that's going on. But, but, you know, just a minute. First, let's think about that. Now, am I the only one that hears a gonging noise in the back? Everybody hears it? Is there anything I can do about it, like moving? No, there's nothing. I, thanks, Jeff. There's nothing I can do about it. So we'll just, we'll just proceed, and I will... I don't hear it anymore. Nah. Um, Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, of all the sermons to do that in. He was, we were just kidding. Playful, playful, playful. Okay, so 
we're learning that our system is much more fragile than we may have earlier thought. So I, so I encourage you guys, everybody, please go out and vote on Tuesday. Make your voice heard. Engage in politics. But, but, the problem isn't not engaging in politics. The problem is how we do it. We need to do it in ways that support our democracy and the principles on which it is based, not in ways that undermine it. And here's what I need to tell you today. Despite what you may sometimes see out there, one of the best ways, maybe the best way to engage in politics is to let your Christian faith guide you in what you do. Okay? It means that when you engage in politics, hopefully, hopefully it's the same way that you live the rest of your life, right? You will live out of your identity as a follower of Jesus and a beloved child of God. You will live and vote and act in politics as you do in the rest of your life by simply loving others as Jesus first loved you. So much easier to say than to do, I know that. So today, a couple of guidelines that will help us remember who we are and what it means to live as a follower of Jesus on Tuesday throughout this political season and maybe like for the rest of our lives, okay? Here is the most important thing you need to remember. Everything, everything flows from this. So if you forget everything else I say, remember this one thing. As Christians, our faith impacts all aspects of our lives, including our politics. As Christians, our faith impacts all aspects of our lives, including our politics. Remember our first guiding principle out there on the wall? Don't everybody turn and peek. I'll tell you. I'm sure you all know it. It's Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You can check it on the way out. It's on the, on the top of the right side as you're walking out. Jesus is Lord. That means that Jesus is the boss of us, guys. If you were a little kid, that's how I would say it. Jesus is the boss of you. He is Lord of our lives. We have no priorities, no loyalties, no allegiances ahead of Jesus. Jesus will governs all aspects of our lives, including our political lives. Because Jesus is Lord, we do what he says. At least we try and do what he says, right? Remember who you are. You are followers of Jesus. Beloved children of God, and that identity impacts absolutely every aspect of your lives, everything we say and do, even our politics. There are no exceptions. Nowadays, nowadays, it seems that many Christians have it backwards, right? We act as if our politics informs our faith. We have certain loyalties to a political ideology or to a particular candidate or a particular party, and we modify our faith accordingly. Let me tell you people, that's not how it works. That's not how it works, especially how it should work on Tuesday when we step into that voting booth. People, Jesus is Lord. He doesn't stop being Lord when you get into a voting booth or when you start talking politics or when you start doing stuff on social media. Jesus is Lord all the time and of every aspect of your lives. At the core, the core of our convictions of what it means to follow Jesus apply to who and who we support and why we support him. We, we, th these issues are difficult. We, we admit that we aren't all gonna come to the same decisions on certain people, on certain topics, on, on the way we vote, but we all start from the same place. We all start with the understanding that Jesus is Lord, okay? And we all must be able, we all must be able to tie whatever political decisions we make to the God that we see in Jesus. 
And if we can't do that, then we need to start over and go back and say, okay, Jesus is Lord, where do I go from here? Every single political vote or other decision we make has to be able to be tied. We have to be able to say, I voted this way, I believe this thing because Jesus is Lord, because the God I know in Jesus is consistent with this belief or this vote or whatever. Now, it would really be great if the Bible clearly spoke to all the issues that relate to the governing of our country, but it doesn't, and, and we wouldn't want to because otherwise it'd be really, really long. Now, the Bible, what the Bible does do is it tells us what's most important to God, what's most important to God. The two greatest commandments, to love God and love each other, that we just read that one, right? That's one of the things that's really, really important to God. We know that God calls us to care for our planet. We spent seven weeks talking about it. We know that God has a preferential love for the poor, those on the margins, the strangers among us. We know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace who loves even his enemies, and that God is just and merciful and wishes abundant life for all. But the Bible is silent on lots of issues like how best to fight inflation and how to bring down gas prices. We need to move a little ahead. Um, we need to move a little ahead uh, to the list of things that, that our Bible doesn't talk about, and to the extent to which the government should provide health and unemployment insurance, or the best way to reduce crime in our cities, or what to do about the war in Ukraine and the threat posed by North Korea. The Bible doesn't speak specifically on any of those things. And because those things are also really complicated issues, it's certainly conceivable, as I mentioned before, that Christians, when a Christians apply biblical principles to each of these issues, which we must do, we will arrive at different conclusions as to which candidates and policies to support. We may even assign different levels of importance to different issues. And given Jesus' understanding of leadership as synonymous with serving others, remember, Jesus says the leader serves. A leader doesn't rule it over. That's the way the world works. But not so with you. Leaders serve. Next slide. We also want to consider the leadership qualities of those running for elected office. Do they understand their roles as public servants, right? So just over two years ago, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm almost certain we have, the ELCA came out with a social message dealing with our role in government, and it's called appropriately, Government and Civic Engagement in the United States, Discipleship in a Democracy. I love that second part, Discipleship in a Democracy. How do we live as disciples of Jesus in this country that, that supposedly run on a democratic basis? The message encourages Christians to live out, to live actively in the public square. They, the message says we need to be out there. But it posits that the most important question to ask when assessing the effectiveness of our government is this, and you guys are never going to get this. Is our neighbor being served? That's the most important question that we ask when we're trying to figure out if candidates and policies and, and the way that our government is working is working effectively. Next slide. Is our neighbor being served? Now that too is a complicated question. But here's what the question does. It takes my focus away from me and what benefits me, right? Because it's hard not to, not to keep the focus on ourselves. It, it, that's just the way it works. It takes the focus away from me, next slide, and places it squarely on my neighbor. Is my neighbor being served, right? Is my neighbor being served? The question reminds me that whenever I engage in anything political, particularly when I vote, it's not simply or even primarily my interests that are at stake. It's my neighbors. It's my neighbors. And we've talked about this in a lot of different contexts. That's basically the way we're supposed to be living our lives. We're supposed to be looking out for our neighbors. We talked about it last week. 
We have, we have been given freedom, not for ourselves, but for our neighbor. Do you sense a common pattern here, guys? We live for our neighbor because we have been freed. God has taken care of us, so we live for our neighbor. We ask questions like, is this policy benefiting my neighbors? Does this candidate work to support my neighbor? And remember, you guys, Jesus' example of a neighbor, it's the person in need. And it's often someone that we would least expect. Someone on the outside, someone on the bottom rungs of society. You get, you get really different answers when you start asking questions like this. So as you head off to vote on Tuesday, if you haven't already, um, determine which of the various candidates will best serve your neighbor and reflect upon what's important to God. And of course, pray about it, you guys. Pray about it and then vote accordingly. Now, in order to make that determination, a couple of things. In addition to lots of prayer, we also need to do our homework, right? We need to be informed about the various candidates running, easier said than done. But, for example, we just finished that seven-week sermon series on combating climate change, so hopefully, hopefully we're all looking at candidates on all levels of government, who deter and, and we look at determining how committed they are to caring for our planet, right? There's a couple of places I looked at online, uh, Sierra and Faith in, Faith in Place Action, that endorse certain Illinois candidates um, based on their or in their willingness to care for the climate. So you might want to check those. You might want to check those out. Next slide, please. There we go. There's climate. There's uh, Sierra and uh, and Faith in Place Action. Um, and and as you do your homework, this is really important. And and I don't need to tell you this because you guys all know it. Um, Look for sources of information that are as impartial as possible. I know, so much easier said than done, right? So many of the ads that we see on TV and social media, they're skewed. They're skewed to feed into our fears. I mean, our fears of, of, of loss, our fears of health care being, being taken away, our fears of crime running into our homes. I mean, so much is, is based on our fears. So you really need to fact check everything before you believe it or before you pass it on. Okay, don't, when you see a post that, that seems like it's right, don't just, don't just share it until you've, until you've checked it. Um, this year, I mean, this year it seems to be even worse than before. This year, a lot of stuff I got in the mail was misrepresented. Things that, that looked like newspapers um, were actually partisan ads. And one letter that I thought was from the wife of a candidate turned out to be from the candidate's sister. So you really, you really have to do your homework. You really have to check because it makes a difference. Now, making certain that our faith informs our politics and not the other way around also means not getting into bed with any particular candidate or party. Flip the slide or influence, influencer. Now, I hope this doesn't surprise anybody. Next slide. But it turns out that God is not a Democrat. I know some of you are surprised. Nor is God a Republican. I know others of you are surprised. Nor is God a member of any political party for that matter. You guys, Jesus died for the left. Jesus died for the right. And Jesus died for everyone in between. I think that encompasses all of us, right? And God is way too big, way too big to be pigeonholed into any particular party. So while it's a good thing to be engaged in politics, it's a good thing to, to support political candidates and political parties, do not delude yourselves that this candidate or this party has a monopoly on God's kingdom values because they don't. I'll, I can assure you that no one party does it all. And both parties, all parties, screw some, some stuff up, right? Moreover, and this is what we talked about a little earlier, if you do align yourself too closely with a political party, you may very well find that your political views start impacting your faith 
rather than the other way around, right? Your political views start impacting your faith. And you guys, if that happens, if that happens, then Jesus is no longer your Lord. Jesus is no longer your Lord. Instead, the political party or the candidate or the influencer has become your Lord, the primary place that you look to. And if that means, and if that happens, there's one word for that, and that word is idolatry. That word is idolatry. It means you're no longer following Jesus because you've chosen to follow somebody else, some party, some candidate, some influencer. So remember, where you start, you start with Jesus as Lord, and then everything, everything stems from that. Now, I arrived at Cross of Glory in the fall of 2016. Yes, six years ago. I know to some of you it seems much longer than that. But, but I have been saying this over and over since I got here, that the political polarization and divisiveness in our nation seems to be getting worse and worse. Remember, I arrived in fall of 2016, and since then it has only gotten worse, right? But deep down, deep down, I was pretty sure that over time it would kind of wear itself out. I was wrong. It hasn't. It hasn't. Instead, the rhetoric has continued to become increasingly divisive, increasingly dangerous, leading to what happened you know, last year on January 6th, what happened to Paul Pelosi this last week. But, here, and, and there was just a, amazingly enough, there was just a, a, a segment on NBC News this morning about, about political rhetoric and how it's becoming so dangerous and how, how we're hearing it so often that we're becoming desensitized to it. Um, and so when people call for other people to you know, be hung, it doesn't bother us like it used to, and it should. But here's, here's the really interesting thing. As our nation becomes increasingly polarized, most people will tell you that this, that this is not what they want. Most people, when you really ask them, will tell you this is not what they want. They don't want this. They don't want the anger. They don't want the fighting. They want to engage with others in civil and respectful ways. They want to be kind to others, and they, want to, and they want people to be kind to them. They want to focus on things that we all have in common, to feel as if we're all in this together and that they can rely upon and trust each other, right? That's what most people are looking for, but it's not what most people are finding. But church, church, come on, church. That's exactly what we have to offer. When we do it right, when we really act as the followers of Jesus that we claim to be, that's what we're all about. All of that, all of that means that now, right now, right now, when people are afraid and discouraged and they're having a heck of a time finding anybody who's just going to be kind, now is the time that we are here to offer another way, another way, and that's a better way. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of Jesus, a humble king who cares about others before himself, who rules a kingdom where the first are last, the last are first, and everybody, everybody is welcomed and loved. It's about a God who thinks each of us is so precious, so precious that he gave everything he had to get us back into relationship with, with him. It's a God who loves and wants every one of us, every one of us from those on the right to those on the far left and everyone in between to share in God's abundant life and hope-filled future. But people, you guys, they aren't gonna know any of this. They aren't gonna know any of this unless we show them, okay? And some of us are great at telling them, but most of us are not. So don't worry about telling them, show them, show them. They need to see in each of us the love of this God in the way that we live out our lives. In the way that we live out our lives, all aspects of our lives, including, most especially at this time of year, our political lives. You guys, it is time to let others see the God we know because in these divisive and scary times, that is exactly, 
the God that this world needs. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.